Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building hey, this downtown. is the building downtown. Switching gears up a bit from uh, the recent shows we've been doing. Heavy on the battle rap. Heavy on the KOTD Grand Prix series. Going to be talking some. UFC today with uh, a friend of mine, a friend of Amy's, and uh, in the future, hopefully a friend of Krill's, someone <laughs> we know real well. Don't forget to follow the show at the Billion DT on Instagram and on Twitter. Follow and subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TalkShoe, wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kelly. Follow me at MMA. joined with by, as usual, by Krill Kasatsky and Amy Barton. You can follow them, Krill, at Apostle Raps, Amy at Ames Bell, and we have a guest with us tonight from uh, my old RNC days, my co-host. He's even been on here a couple times. Uh, actually, he was on here. Anyone from the 2000s, early 2010s MMA media era, era will probably be very familiar with him. The show we did on here, I think it was uh, The Billion Downtown 13. Uh, we talked a, a lot about that, so you might be interested in that. And he's back to join us again. He is the host of Diamond Diehards, which you can find at Diamond Diehards on Instagram and Twitter, and still the host of RNC Radio, where I'll pop in with him every now and then, which you can find at RNC Radio. So, Joe, Rizzo, how are you? Uh, good. Of course, nobody's going to know me if you pronounce my last name like a Brazilian. But uh... <laughs> uh, Did you just say Rizzo? <laughs> it was one of the greatest times ever in MMA Diehards Radio. Kevin Randleman, fucking Daniel, came through the fucking speakers right at the start through the headset looking for you because he was thinking Pedro Rizzo's cousin. Well, his then. If it's Pedro, then it's his If it's Joe, then it's Rizzo. And if it's the building downtown, it's like H to the Izzo. <laughs> oh, Joe is on fucking point tonight. Yes, yes. So, you've been busy with Diamond Diehards, doing a ton of baseball, uh, baseball coverage. You guys have been very active over there. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, uh, some UFC stuff going on. How much of an eye are you still keeping on UFC now that you're not doing RNC radio fucking six days a week? <laughs> I, I still keep up with it. It's just not uh, a religious experience and, and, you know, so much work as it is more just like, you know, I mean, I can't, anytime I follow a sport, I'm not following it like a layman, you know, I'm kind of like looking for stuff that's a little more, I don't even want to say inside. I'm just, I'm kind of more analytical about things. So when I'm looking at UFCs, you know, even if I don't catch it, like, like this weekend, I was out the entire night. I was, um, well, actually it's kind of a, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. If we, if, if, if it's presented, uh, you know, I'll tell the story about what I was doing Saturday night. It was needless to say, it was something really, really good. That's going to take years off my purgatory time. If uh, you believe in that sort of thing. So I didn't get to see the, uh, the Covington versus Woodley card. I got back just probably after it was over and I saw, you know, the post game shit and, you know, I was keeping up with, with all that. And I went back and, you know, I looked at results and I looked at, you know, some, 
some key parts of, uh, you know, a lot of like finishes and stuff like that. And it looks like I kind of, I kind of missed like a really good card, but, um, yeah, it's uh, like anything that I'm keeping up with, like, I can't help but keep up with it with like my old sort of, you know, verve and vigor that I've always had for, for sports. You know, if I'm following hockey and, you know, I'm watching the Stanley cup finals, I'm, I'm into it, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, Oh, how many shots did they get? Who's, who's playing well, you know, what's the keys to winning? If it's, you know, the NBA stuff going on, I'm, I'm, you know, who's blowing leads in the, in the third quarter, why are they doing it? If it's baseball, I'm crazy. It's a baseball. The baseball has been unbelievable. And, you know, I'm, I'm into that in depth, like who's playing well, who's the key to what? And if it's MMA, uh, I'm looking at, you know, okay, where does this leave, leave Colby Covington? You know, where, where, where is he, in terms of his hype game, you know, like, is it, is it actually going over or are people like not buying it? Do they think he's for, for real as a hype man? Or, you know, are they so obsessed with like every word that's coming out, out of his mouth that they don't realize that it's, you know, just a shtick and who knows if he's serious or not serious and who cares because it doesn't really, you know, matter like any <laughs> of that stuff when you get inside the octagon and somebody's trying to take your hat off. Right. So yeah, yeah from that standpoint, I'm always going to be into it like that. And if I'm not, you know, go hit me with a hit me with a prod and pull me away from the KOTD uh, Grand Prix series. That's then <laughs> taking up my interest. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I'm I'm definitely not uh, now that we're not doing the show into it as much as it was. But uh, like Saturday night, I caught the whole main card for the bigger events. I wish I would have caught um, the prelims, though. Well, I guess I, I wish I did. And, and I'm glad I didn't because uh, TJ Laramie. He lost actually 52 seconds into the first round. He got submitted, and uh, that sucks. But obviously, I don't think he's going to be cut or anything. Dana was really happy with him out of the contender series, first UFC fight. But that's a little shitty. But yeah, I'm basically basically main card uh, at top of the card, and some events I'm, I don't even fucking tune into anymore. Um, but the Covington Woodley fight was really good. Covington put a beating on Woodley like I've never seen the Since, whole time too yeah no shit eh? yeah Curl and I watched the card together and friggin uh yeah I mean he was just on him like a fucking wet blanket and I've never seen Woodley busted up like that a couple of the punches you could see blood spray from new fucking things opening up on his face it was fucking brutal the beating Colby put on him the did, so yes, yeah, so you didn't check out the, any of the fights, any of the highlights, or anything, Joe? No, I did. I did. I went back. Yeah. I went oh, you back did go back? I, oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. I went back and I did my stuff on it for sure. I, I was, I was, you know, as, when I got home at you know one o'clock Saturday morning into uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, I was, I was, you know, already looking, looking at stuff and you know seeing who won and how they won, um, you know, looking at the post-fight interviews and stuff like that, you know. It was yeah. It did was, you see I, the Did you see the draw? Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, I didn't go back and watch the whole fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but, but you did uh, see that. You know, I so there was a moment after, right between Donald Cerrone and, and Nico Price that that man, it, it really could have been a great moment, and there was just something missing from it. You know, it was like it was it, it, like everything was right there. The the two fighters were emotional. You know, Nico Price was listening to Donald Cerrone talk about how he just wants to go back and see his kids. And Nico Price is like, I got five kids and I just want to go see them. And I'm so honored <laughs> to like be, have been in the cage with, with Cerrone. And there was just, I don't know, there was something just middling in there that, that kind of like made it like it, that's like a moment that you hope for. 
and there was just something awkward about it. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't put my finger on well, it. Well, Nico was. Price, when they announced the majority decision, Nico Price threw his arms out and went, yeah. And Donald Cerrone looked at him like, what the fuck are you celebrating? <laughs> Donald Cerrone has never, ever, ever went to a draw. 36 oh. and 15 is his, is his fucking UFC record. Yeah, I mean, so, well, it, draws are hard. I mean, they're, you know, that's that's why if you're ever betting on a draw, you know, if you actually hit one, you know, you could probably win one out of uh, 20 bets that a fight's going to go to a draw. And if you actually hit one, you'll you'll end up making money on the thing, you know? Yeah, but to have, uh, fuck, to have over 50 MMA fights and not one draw, that's, that's rare, wouldn't you say? I don't know. I mean, I guess I would have to really look at all the results of, you know, MMA fights or UFC fights or whatever and see what percentage of them have been draws, right? And then if it's more than... 2%, then yeah, I guess it would be rare that, you know, he had his first draw in like 51 fights, right? Because that would be in 2%. Ger- Gerald there has 45 fights too. He ain't got no draw. Right. So, but oh, I mean, say, yeah, good let's say 1% of UFC fights go to a draw, right? That mm-hmm. means you'd have to fight 100 times, you know, before you'd be likely to be in, before statistically you'd be due for a draw, right? Like, are you 99? before you'd statistically be due for a draw or if it, you know, maybe he could fight 50 more times and not get a draw, in which mm-hmm. case he would draw 1% of the time. So I don't know. I don't really know what the numbers are. Like, I don't know how many draws there are, but that would be how I would determine myself, whether it was like a rare thing or, or whatever. I mean, how many guys have, or women have more than one draw? How about that? You know, look at yeah. that. Tell me, tell me what you see. I mean, do you see people in there? I mean, you see people with Is no contest. You see people with draws, but those are not the same things. Mm-hmm. They go after wins and losses on your record, but you know you don't often see those things be more than like a one or a two at the end of somebody's record, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I guess the uh, the the Covington uh, Woodley thing. Uh, all the shit afterwards. Kobe Covington just tried to create some sort of an image. I don't really know where he's going with it. Because it's just kind of seemed to lose its way over the past 12 months or so. But, uh, yeah, so he's he's the Trump guy. Trump called him in the post-fight interview. Um, obviously, that's going to bring a fucking whole fleet of hate from certain areas. Um, Tyron Woodley's black. Tyron Woodley answered every question at the, post, uh, the post-fight press conference with Black Lives Matter. Now that this shit is it's tied to sports, do you think that's a, a good thing or a bad thing that it's, that this shit's being brought into sports? Because we're seeing it's it in the bad, NBA. Man. We're seeing it. Well, we saw it in the NFL for a while now. I don't know what they're doing in baseball or hockey, but NBA heavy, and now this shit in MMA. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a new thing at all. I mean, I think. Well, not new. I mean, look at Muhammad Ali, right? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, it's look, heavy stuff- in your face these days. Well, I mean, you don't even listen. You could go back to you know the beginning of time practically, and and it's been tied in there, right? I mean, go back to night. You know, you guys. You know, Amy's American, but you guys, uh, you know, the quote unquote men on this show <laughs> are not. <laughs> and um, if you go, if you know, a great one of our greatest American athletes ever was a guy named Jesse Owens. Uh, who was, you know, African-American. And in the 36 Olympics, you know, Hitler was kind of didn't even want him to be in the Olympics. And not only did he go to the Olympics uh, and not only did he win gold medals, he set world records. And, you know, 
Hitler had to stand for him, basically. So, it, uh -huh. it, like, there's, you know, there, I mean, this goes back a long way. Look, it, why should athletes be different than any other citizen, right? Like, if they have a voice and they want to stand up and say something, it, you know, in, in the U.S., they're free to say it. I mean, you have freedom of speech. If you're a fan, you have freedom to not listen, not like, not attend, not be used to that person. You could disagree with them at your, you know, at your peril. And, and, and that's it. So if people don't like that, you know, NFL players or players in, you know, the NBA or whatever don't stand for the national anthem or they don't come out of their locker rooms and they feel to them personally that they're disrespecting the flag and what it stands for and stuff like that, you know, they have a right to feel that way and they have a right to think that way. And if you want to kneel and, and use your job and your platform to make a statement, um, you know, as long as you're a good player, right? I mean, essentially that what it comes down to is owners want to win. So they'll tolerate it if you're good. And if you're not, and you're causing a stir and they have a chance to cut you, uh, and you disagree with it, then, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's employment at will. I mean, if you walked into a job in an office somewhere, I mean, I know that sounds like the most 2019 thing ever because God would go to a job in an office these days. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you did that, if you did, if you did stuff like that within an office, right? Like, or if you made some kind of statement like that, that wasn't approved by your company, you know, your HR would be, uh, up your ass, you know, yeah. I mean, if you had a Trump mug or something like Colby Covington might, might bring to an office, right. Or a MAGA hat. Like if he tried to, you know, wear his MAGA hat on his nine to five in the office, uh, he'd be in trouble with HR. Right. I mean, and if you, you know, probably if you wore a Biden hat, you might be too, but, um, yeah. you know, there would be people that, uh, that just, that just don't like it. So it's a free speech issue. And, you know, listen, if you have a platform, there's there's a lot of athletes. Let's face it. The majority of athletes don't actually use the platform to make the statement. They don't. It's no. just a very, very, very small percent. The percentage of athletes that use it, I guess, is probably about the same as the percentage of draws in the UFC. That's probably it. Right. It's a low <laughs> percent. It's a low percent, but I'm tying the idea together there, right? You get it. It's yeah. a low percentage that are doing it. And, you know, people want to get up in arms about it. It's a low percentage of people that are complaining about it. It's just that the ones that do it are doing it loudly. And the ones that complain about it are doing it loudly. And everybody else is kind of stuck in the middle or keeping their opinions to themselves or, or whatever. Right. I mean, mm. so it's not going to end. Um, if it does end, that's probably bad because it means we're not living in in a free country with with free speech. And you know, the people are the ones that are that are going to make up uh, the decision making on if they'll tolerate that sort of thing from from their players. And and so far, you know, I mean, I guess the biggest debate you could make is Colin Kaepernick. Did he get blackballed? Did he not get a job because of that? Um, maybe, probably not. You know, he's his interest in football seemed to wane about the time that, uh, you know, his his statement got noticed. Uh, I mean, he was already, you know, gone from being a, you know, a quarterback that was in the Super Bowl to a guy who was who was benched for a guy who sucks, honestly. <laughs> like maybe he's still in the league. Maybe he's not. I don't know. And he felt like his his, you know, social platform issue stuff was more important probably than football. So. 
it's hard to say. I mean, look, if Tom Brady made the same statements as Colin Kaepernick, do you think Tom Brady would have not had a job? No. Yeah, no Tom shit. Brady I don't follow football, but I know Tom Brady. Uh, that's the point, right? Yeah. You know who yeah. Tom Brady is. If Tom Brady made the same statements and did the same shit as Kaepernick, he'd have a job, right? Yeah. Because why? In the end, the owners, you know, they want to win and they'll put up with it, you know, from somebody who's going to help them win. And in MMA, it's a little different because you have a guy like Covington who's clearly, you know, he was a, he was a good fighter and he was a humdrum guy with no shtick. And, you know, a few years ago, he saw this angle and and he took it and uh you know he's he's run with it so <laughs> you know it's it, i mean the de- the details of it are that it's trump and it's polarizing just to a large degree um and, and it gets people having an opinion about him one way or another um it, you know before nobody had an opinion about him one way or another so if you just cut through all the bullshit and you look at him as a fighter, the guy's really fucking good. Yeah, he and, is. And, and if, you do, you know, if you're caught up in the other stuff and you don't want to root for him, then don't root for him. And if you know, rooting for that sort of thing is your thing, then go, you know, go root for him because he's probably going to get another shot at, at uh, Usman for the title. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more than likely. Amy, I heard you clearing your throat. Were you trying to say something? Um, no, I was trying to breathe. I mean, I can say something, but I was merely breathing. <laughs> well, go ahead while you're breathing. Speak while you can. <laughs> no, I heard that. Um, no, I just, I was going to say kind of what Joe just started getting into with Col- Colby is that, you know, I, on the one hand you have, hey, you have a platform and a lot of them don't use it. Some of them do. And I, I agree with all of that. Um, I don't think that's what Colby is doing. That's the difference with Colby. You know, Colby... I don't think is trying to make a real point. I think Colby is trying to shale harder than shale ever hearted. And I think that he just picked this topic because it's the hot topic right at the moment. And he knows it's going to get him the most attention. And so I don't think those things are related at all, taking a stand or having a statement or having a platform and what Colby does. I don't think they're even related, but um, on, on a side note, to go back to where your question started, I do want to point out that I think it's interesting how, you're talking about Muhammad Ali and you guys are all back in the history of our sports and everything. Not only that, but if you take something that's not Trump, right. And it's breast cancer awareness and we're wearing pink socks or it's veteran <clears throat> awareness and, or it's a cop thing and we're wearing flags or it's an army thing. These things happen month over month over month, especially in the NFL. And literally not only do people not complain about it, people support it. So, you know, it's just the issue. It's not the issue that people are using a platform to support something. It's they take issue with what the actual issue is, not that the platform is being used. So I think that's the big difference in what you're talking about with Trump and Black Lives Matter and all that. I don't think using your platform is that big a deal. Otherwise, they wouldn't allow any of the awareness months or socks or emblems or stickers on the helmet or whatever. But they do and they always have. That's true. I never even thought about it the other way or like the non-controversial way, like breast cancer awareness month, shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where it's, it's an issues issue. It's not a platform issue in my opinion. There's gotta be a res- responsibility to it, right? You can't have a, you can't have the next one come out with a swastika on it or something. Yeah, like no, <laughs> there's actually been saying, people so. in the UFC and in strike force who have had racist. It tattoos. will divide the fans too, right? A I lot fired. And uh, it, it might push a lot of people to have opinions they don't necessarily have to, right? Mm. That's what I don't like about it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what they would do. Joe, you might know if this is true or not. You remember that 
sleeve Allen Iverson wore on his forearm all the time. I heard or read before that that's because he uh, he had gang tattoos on his forearm. Do you know if there's any truth to that? So when Allen Iverson first blew up the NBA, and he mm. did, man, when he came in, um, he was you know, the first guy that was so outwardly tatted that the league sort of, they, 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 they hurtled back in fear of like, oh my God, you know, this guy does not look like the other guys that are out on the floor here. Like this guy, this guy looks like something different that, you know, our fans are going to be afraid of. Our big fan bases are going to be like, no, I don't like this guy, you know, whatever. So and and listen, you know, the, the, there was no skirt in the issue. I mean, he, there just weren't a lot of guys at that point that had, you know, sleeve tattoos. Or if their tattoos were there, they just weren't very visible. And it wasn't something that was, uh, you know, frowned upon. It was something that was just wasn't even it wasn't even there to be frowned upon. Like they yeah. just didn't they hadn't seen it yet. So the idea was that you know. They figured if they could get his tats, you know, de-emphasized or covered up or whatever, that it was going to, you know, not make him, well, let's use it, let's use it again, the polarizing figure, right? So I don't really know if the sleeve, uh, the physical sleeve, not the sleeve tattoo, the physical sleeve that covered the, the tattoos on the arm were done for that exact reason mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember if he wore it at georgetown and i think that he did so i don't know if it would have been you know I don't, he could have he could have faced the same pressure at georgetown too for all we know but um i i don't I, you know that would be i mean listen get him on the show I'll come on that show and I'll be glad to ask him the question. <laughs> you covered NBA for seasons. You get him on the on my show. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm trying to think if I ever had Iverson. Um, you know, it, it, it's look. There's probably you know uh, ten stories out there that that you know, and Amy will find them. Um, that that would say yeah, it was bursitis, right? But. I, I feel like he wore it in I me. Mean, he might have even had it in high school. Uh, he was a high school quarterback, believe yeah, it. And yeah, he I had, was. I had a great, Allen Iverson football jersey when I was younger. He was a great football player. There was a. There's a lot of people. There was him and Ronald Curry, who was another guy who played. He played football and basketball. They were both point guards. They were both quarterbacks. Ronald Curry went to North Carolina. Allen Iverson went to Georgetown and they both were guys that, you know, every, everybody will tell you who saw them. <coughs> um, everybody who saw them will tell you that like either guy could have been better at football than they were even at basketball. Holy I mean, shit. Iverson was a freak. I mean, I, I, my thing with Iverson was, and I know we're kind of getting off topic here because you're talking about the sleeve tattoo, but I, I remember just thinking like, you know what? If Allen Iverson had decided that soccer was his sport, he would have been the center forward on the U.S. national soccer team. <laughs> Who was going to stop him? I mean, if he was a soccer player, he'd be Lionel Messi, but like five inches taller. Like, who was going to stop that guy? Like, it didn't matter what sport he played. He was going to be great at it. Like, that guy was a generational athlete, a, a, a complete freak. And... You know, he didn't just have the physical assets. He had the 
the the mental capacity that he was he was he was just an absolute winner absolute dedicated and and just his his like sporting IQ was just through the roof i mean every every field the guy was on every court the guy was on he was the smartest guy on the court yeah he's you know? one of my favorite basketball players of all time top 5 for sure for me so was it was it the sleeve, you know the bursitis and the and the sleeve you know covering tattoos uh, ask him i don't know he might he might say yes he might say he thought it was david stern who was the commissioner then has passed away at, at the beginning of this year uh or the end of last year and and he's not around to to answer those questions um but i could tell you that for sure the ownership and the commissioner's office was, you know, the tattoos were a concern. They were afraid that it would really turn off the white fan base. And what it did do, in my opinion, was it helped grow the black fan base uh, like more back then. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe, I believe because he's, a, he's a guy that was, you know, like accepted, you know what I mean? Like he was, he spoke different. Um, than than guys in the past that he looked different than guys in the past that his cornrows were a big deal. Yeah, and I remember that. Because I remember were, that, and the way he used to dress and shit too. Yeah, uh, they they brought in that whole thing of dress code before the games. You got to wear suits and you got to dress professional. And uh, fuck, he he had a rap album the NBA wouldn't allow him to release. So the crossover into the black community was huge. Right, because he beca- he also became you know, the, the, the symbol of it. And, you know, a lot of times he was, he didn't help himself, but, you know, he was also made to look like a much worse guy than he really was. Let's face it. Yeah. He, he was, he was a little aloof, you know, that, that maybe didn't help him, but in his aloofness and the way that he spoke, you know, he was really trying to calculate more of, of what he was speaking. And he wouldn't just say things like I don't think he said shit that he didn't mean. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? I don't think that he did. And, and <laughs> his rant about you talking about practice awesome. is one of the best ever. There's even a horse called that, by the way. And every time it comes up, I got to pump uh, my friend Dwayne Morris's tires. Be like, come on, man, you got to you got to get in on this horse right now. <laughs> and of course, like the time I missed him, he fucking won, and I and I missed that payday. But what are you gonna do? I digress. You digress. We digress. Somebody digresses. Back to back to MMA. <laughs> Krill's cousin won in 17 seconds on oh, the weekend. Shit. Kazmet Chimiev. How do you say that, Krill? Chimaev. Chimaev. No problem whatsoever. Or Chimaev. I don't know. It depends. I need to hear it. I repeat it. I don't know what they did that with a CH. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's on a fucking roll, though. He's came in the UFC like fucking two months ago. He already has three wins, three finishes, too. A knockout, a TKO, and a submission. No, the more important thing is he's getting shutouts, which are which are impossible in MMA. <laughs> he's winning without being touched. I know he's good. He's yeah, good. he killed this one pretty quick, huh? Yeah, Johnny Walker seems to be back. He fucking dismantled Ryan Spann in the first round. Mm. And the chick from Arizona that speaks Portuguese with a Brazilian accent won. <laughs> oh, she she was dominant. She was dominant. Yeah, what was Ron DeMarcos doing? Like she. She Getting just, her ass kicked. Oh my god! But like that was—I uh, mean, I know she's supposed to be a wrestler, but that was not a good game plan at all. Like, and uh, Dern. So Mackenzie Dern is is who you're talking about, and she's looking better and better. 
uh, with each of these fights here, straw weight, you know, Ronda Marcos, she's Canadian, right? She's a, she's a veteran. She's been in that octagon a lot of times, but, uh, she was like overmatched pretty quickly, but even from like, a, from a game plan standpoint, I just didn't like the way that she went about that fight. And Mackenzie Dern was, uh, she was holding this arm bar. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just, Oh, it, it would look disgusting. It was, it was I was horrible up, to watch because you're like, okay. I looked away a couple times, man. I was just like, I did not want to see that shit. Yeah, it's like, is this okay? Uh, t- this looks like a tap or snap thing that's gonna happen right here, right? Like the girl was looking away, and I was yelling, "Break it, break it, break it!" I just don't like to see bones pop, man. I've seen enough. Well, yeah, you know. But anyways, yeah. You, what about what keep about not watching and you won't see any? it looked like she was supposed to tap a few times there you know what i mean she just kept twitching and twitching it's like let it go man you're not getting out well, you know what i mean lost, you're just gonna hurt lost, yourself just uh, tap out when she it. lost when she lost the leg between uh you know the left leg between she was holding so so Dern was isolating uh uh marcos's left arm and Dern needed to get her and her and her right leg was over you know like behind the, the the back of the neck and the left leg marcos was able to hold out because she held Dern's left leg between her own legs and as soon as it slipped out that's like there was a tap boom 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 boom, boom. oh yeah and oh, was, you were just yeah. waiting you're like oh my god if that thing gets loose like Dern could have stayed there for five hours like that you know yep. eventually once once she slipped it out it was a, it was it was an immediate tap and i have nothing against johnny walker but uh as you know he pummeled ryan span there but like every time he loses you could say oh i wonder if johnny walker blew it you know yeah it's a johnny walker blue oh joe, joe. at least amy <laughs> gets it joe yeah. okay that was a long time though we're, we're, we're what like almost 40 minutes in good on you joe good Thanks, on you joe it only took 40 minutes <laughs> uh moving on to this weekend ufc 253 it's insane Yes, it's going to be nuts. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa, Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blackowitz. Uh, the two title fights are Adesanya versus Costa's middleweight fight and Reyes versus Blackowitz for the vacant light heavyweight. Fucking Israel versus Paulo Costa. I can't wait for that. I saw the, the stat the other day. I forgot what it was, though, but it has been a long time since the challenger and the champion were both undefeated. Crazy. Yeah. This is going to be a fucking good one. Is it? Is this? Is this up to Amy Standards? Will she be watching this one? Um, you gotta watch this one. Or is this too late for you? Everything is too late for me. But in news just handed to me, they are still giving Diego Sanchez fights. So I, <laughs> I might watch a few. Um, I don't. What know. is he these days? The Dreaming Nightmare? The Nightmare <laughs> of Dreams? <laughs> yeah, Fuck I don't. Yeah. This guy keeps changing his name from the Dream to the Nightmare. <laughs> hmm. Well. But yeah, Adesanya, Paulo Costa, Rizzo, what you thinking? Uh, well, I, you know what? I mean, you got uh, Fight Island back in the mix here, right? So that's the first thing. We got to make sure everybody gets through their their little quarantine period. I saw people starting to land, and you know, John Anik was was the UFC, the great UFC play by play announcer. Uh, was was talking about you know the beginning of his quarantine here and you know trying to trying to exercise out some of the jet lag and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I'm going off the board here. I'm going to give you a curveball. Sijara Eubanks just fought 
on September 12th and she's on this card like and she's you know had to go across the pond so she so uh Ketlin Vieira was is her opponent and she was actually supposed to fight Marion Renault but um I, I Renault pulled out for some reason I, I I don't know what it was it was like last week and then Eubanks got the spot like of all the girls at uh, the bantamweight, you know that, that like she was just ready to go. I mean, that's a huge opportunity, right? Like that's a great storyline. That's kind of like on the main card here. You know, she was just on the on the Vegas card, the the uh, um, Karate Hottie versus Angela Hill card. She beat she beat Julia Avila, and it was she went to a decision. So she fought fifteen minutes, right? And she's going to be fighting again in like a two week period with. You know, a cross country fight. She's like out of out of. Uh, she's from my area, like the New York City area, and you know, so she had to come back across from you know out to Vegas back, and now she's got to go over to uh, to Fight Island, right? I mean, in two weeks. This, I mean, I know she goes to a decision like every time. She's has yeah. like eight straight or whatever, uh, and you know, winning a little bit more than than she's losing. So I guess like, you know, the gas tank's not going to be a problem, but I mean, that's a hell of a thing right there. Like, let's not lose fight, lose sight of what she's doing. But yeah, these, these two title fights, I mean, we're going to see somebody hold the belt at light heavyweight that is not, you know, John Jones or Daniel Cormier here. I mean, that's, that's a, that's like the dawn of a new era in forget about the division in like, how about in the UFC? <laughs> like, yeah. And how about in yeah. MMA? Now, like, he, he, here's the thing though. Remember when Chuck lost the belt and that thing just got passed around like a cheap whore. Nobody defended <laughs> it. They just win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit of that after this. Cause who's, who's, you know, far and above everyone else in the light heavyweight division. Nobody. I think there's just a group of them at the top that are probably going to pass that slut around for a bit. Well, the fu- the funny thing is, if you if this is a close fight, the thing you're going to see is like an immediate rematch. Like if it's yeah, because fucking good, who else? Right. It's if, if it's a good close fight, the first you know this just reeks of like immediate rematch, right? Yeah, yeah. And if Johnny Walker Walker wins his next one and this isn't a close fight, he'll probably get the next uh, title well, shot. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a that's yeah. a good call out. That's a good call out. Um, yeah. You know the undercard here is is uh, is a little bit light, right? I mean, yes, Diego, yes, 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 and Jake <laughs> Matthews. Uh, but there's, you know, like a, 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 our old buddy, my former um, RNC radio host Jeremy Fullerton would say, Jay, that the undercard is loaded with people who don't have Wikipedia pages. <laughs> <laughs> the only fight on the undercard. Where where both guys have a Wikipedia page is the Diego yeah, Santos Diego Santos Jake, Jake Matthews. Matthews fight yeah so uh, you can't you know you're 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 digging a little bit deep there but it's a you know listen a top heavy card and you know they're they're back on Fight Island the Fight Island cards are really good yeah uh, they have been you know and and those fighters and and the staff and the crew and everybody else the annex you know. They they have to make the adjustment because this stuff is happening there, like in the middle of the night, to go prime time uh, for you know East Coast time, basically Eastern time, and uh, you know through Pacific here in in North America, right? So very interesting. Uh, it, I mean, I I think Costa is going to have a lot of trouble winning that fight. Um, uh, 
I know, you know, it, I mean, I got. I would like to look at the betting line. I didn't look at it. I, I imagine. I got it up here. It's, Adesanya's uh, probably minus two hundred or something. Minus one seventy five. Paulo okay. Costa plus one fifty. Yeah, I I think Adesanya would could be. I I think it's just a hard matchup for Costa. I mean, he's a hard matchup for a lot of guys, but you know, or pretty much everybody. But yeah. I I I I don't know. I I I don't see him losing the belt there. Uh, the other fight, I really don't, I don't know. I, I think Blackowich, I suspect he's, an, I suspect he's a pretty solid underdog, but I think he's live. Plus 225. I think, I think he might be live. So if I was going to look at one of the underdogs in either of those fight, I would actually say Blackowich, who's a little, you know, he's, he's more of an underdog than, than Costa. So... Yeah, I would. I. I mean, and I think both fights should be pretty good. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I said, if that fight was, you know, forty-eight, forty-seven twice, and forty-seven, forty-eight the other way, and they had to go and do it again. Um, this is it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think. I think uh, Adesanya. I think he could get a finish in that fight. I think somebody's getting finished in that fight. I'm edge, I'm leaning towards Adesanya, but I will not be surprised if Paulo Costa knocks Adesanya out. He's just hard to hit. Very. He's hard to hit, and that's the thing. If you're Acosta, like you're gonna get frustrated. You're gonna, you know, if he starts to load up, then forget it. Like he's got yeah. that. It, as soon as he starts to load up, that's when Adesanya's gonna come in and take his soul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Like, look, or. or well, like what happened in the Yoel Romero fight, right? Like he, Yoel loaded up, and and Adesanya was like, "Okay, keep loading up." I mean, as as soon as you load up, you're not going to hit me, and he and he wrote out the decision, right? Yeah. Look what he did against uh, Robert Whitaker when you know he, Whitaker was having trouble hitting him. He loaded up, boom, and the fight was over. Right? Yeah, he fucked right? Whitaker up bad. Yeah, he messed him up. And Whitaker's great. Uh, you know, you know, Jay. I love him. Oh, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. him. Uh, even Anderson Silva, you know, he played around with them. Like you see, like uh, Gastelum, he just. You that know, was a great he, fight. Yeah, he, but he, you know, he kind of ran circles around him, right? Um, so he's just hard to hit. And a guy like Costa. I mean, listen, he's great. You're right. I mean, it, listen, if, if Costa knocked him out, would that be a, a huge surprise? No. Not a huge surprise at all. I mean, like you said, he's not much. You know, he's a slight underdog. He's not much of an underdog. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's he's. I guess you know. I, I maybe maybe you could look at the common opponent in uh, in well. Arrow. You know, being the most you know the the most recent opponent for both, right? Yep. And both, you know, going to a decision against him. Uh, but they got there in very, very different ways. Right? Very different ways. So the case for Costa, right, would yep. be the way he knocked out Uriah Hall, right? Because Hall could be shifty and explosive. And, you know, on the right night, he's he's hard to hit. And every time you miss him, you're going to pay. Yep. But I don't know if UFC... 226 you know two over two years ago already was was that night um but you know he knocked out uriah hall right he, he knocked him out so if you're looking at that yeah but like just looking at the guys that adesanya's faced versus the guys that um costa has faced like it's you can't even compare it like 
it, Adesanya's really faced, you know, just a significantly higher level of opponent. And he figures out how to neutralize the opponent's strength, which to me first is the sign of a great champion. Like, how is this guy going to beat me? How can this guy win the fight? Okay, that's the number one way. We're taking that away. That's George St. Pierre logic, right? That's why George St. Pierre didn't lose a round for like four years. (laughs) (laughs) He just would, and yo, he's boring. He doesn't finish anybody. Okay, he just takes away all your ammunition. And now how are you going to beat him? Right? You're not. That's the thing. So I, I think he has a way. You know, you're facing a guy who's a knockout artist, but your biggest strength is that you're really, really hard to hit. Well, look how that went for Floyd Mayweather, right? And boxing. I know it's boxing and not MMA, but, you know, they're they're uh, first cousins. <laughs> it, it's, you know, the more I think about it, I mean, I'm surprised Adesanya, like I said, I would have expected him to be in the minus 200 range at least. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the money pushes toward him later. But I, 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 again, Costa's really good. I wouldn't be su- that surprised if he won, but I would be surprised. I, I think I'm squarely in Adesanya's corner here, squarely. Adesanya definitely seems to be more experienced. He's got like 80 kickboxing fights. Yeah. He's been around, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Oh, definitely he's more experienced. Um, and a way better striker, way better striker. But sometimes somebody gets inside that strike. I mean, look at Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva. Right, but I don't expect Adesanya to go in there goofing around. But I, I, I hate too when people say, "Oh, Anderson goofed around. Look what happened. Weidman caught him." It's not just that he was goofing around. Weidman fucking Weidman was the guy that was planned to beat Anderson before Weidman was even in the goddamn UFC. Like that was the guy. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Cost is the guy, but um, his athleticism, the his power. If he touches him, I think it caused problems. But like you said, Joe, touch him first. First, you got to hit him clean. I- and that's and the, a fucking task. I so I don't now, Jay. You know this, but you know, and Amy, you might know this, but I was, I had a very, very, very strong opinion on that Anderson Silva Chris Weidman fight, and I don't think it applies here. I mean, I can understand why you would say that, but I'll explain why I don't agree that it's a good comparison. Um, I think what happened with Anderson Silva in that fight was. He fought a certain way, you know, pretty similar to the way Adesanya fights, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very, very difficult to hit. And even if you hit him, he turns, you know, what looks like a solid strike into a glance, right? He gets out of the way. But he was getting to an advanced age. And at one of those points for these fighters, it's, you know, you've heard the expression, it's a game of inches. Well, it is. It's, you know, I mean, I could translate that into millimeters for you guys or centimeters or whatever you want. It's that close, and when a guy like Anderson Silva at, at you know, the age, I think he was 37, right, when he lost to Weidman? Yeah. Um, at that age, what starts to happen is this. And, and Jay, finally, you're at that age where you start to realize this stuff that I've done <laughs> for 10 fucking years, and it's true. It's like, it's like one of those carnival games where you have a spinner, right, and it's got, say, 31 spaces on it. And you spin the wheel and, you know, at, at, at age 28, there's one thing on the wheel that if it comes up on that, you're going to be a step slow that day. Uh, or maybe none. Maybe there's none when you're 28 or you're in your prime. 
Well, you start to get past 35 and there's, you know, five or six of those days on the wheel where you're just going to wake up one day and you're just not going to be what you were the day before. The next day you might be back to it. The day after you might be back to it. But that particular day, just for whatever reason, father time, mother time, if you know we want to be politically correct here, mm-hmm. um, is is going to get you robbed of that one millimeter or that one centimeter or that one inch that you need to get out of the way. And to me, I mean, I pat my, I give myself a Kimura patting myself on the back because I said it before the fight. And, and, and at Jay, as you know, like, I mean, I predicted that one, but, um, you know, I think that's what happened in that fight. And that's sort of precisely the reason I don't think it's going to happen in this fight because, uh, Adesanya is not at that point in his career at all. He's, he's very, very squarely in the prime of his career. Uh, he's age 31 uh, he's got some kickboxing mileage on him, but not really that much. He doesn't have a ton of MMA mileage on him either. Uh, he hasn't taken losses and, you know, he hasn't even been pounded much. No. You know, he's always really exciting. All his early MMA fights are all knockouts, right? Mm-hmm. He very rarely has has gone to a day. He's got five decisions, right, in, in 19 fights in, in MMA. I mean, that's not a lot. Um, and even it's against a guy like Yoel Romero, who's a grinder killer kind of guy. I mean, yeah. he looked like he could have been, he could have fought five more rounds after the end of that fight. Yeah, Yoel Gastelum, Brad Tavares of the three in the UFC, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because he finished Whitaker, Brunson. I forget who else he fought in the UFC. But well, yeah, he had a, a split decision against uh, Marvin Vittori, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Again, maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was off that night. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was like twenty eight, probably at that point. It's already a few years ago. So twenty or twenty nine, twenty eight, whatever he was. So yeah, may, or you know, maybe Marvin Vittori had had some kind of curveball for him. That's also like you know the only time he didn't get like performance of the night. I mean, dude, the guy's great. He's already an all time great. Are you kidding me? And he's still he's right dead smack in the middle of his prime. I I think I might have to uh, I think I might have to plop down some cash on this Jay. You're, oh, you're talking shit. me. You're, you're making me talk myself into it. I, I think this guy's <laughs> like you know. I hey, you passed you passed on Holly Holm Ronda Rousey. Look what happened. I, whatever. There's if other. You, if you're feeling really 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 brave, you could put some money down on Diego, who's a plus five hundred underdog. I not <laughs> bet him with your money. <laughs> and Jake Matthews is a minus seven hundred favorite. Yeah, I will. That's fucking even, nuts. No reason to even like touch that fight with those odds. No, nope. you know, no. Nope. I mean, unless you somehow thought Diego Sanchez had a had a you know was going to pull a rabbit out of his ass. But <laughs> all right, before we get out of here, what's going on over at Diamond Diehards? What are you guys doing for baseball? How's the season went? Because um, assuming all you know, all sports have been affected by this COVID bullshit. Okay, so I here's. First of all, I, I think that last segment must have been good because uh, usually if I'm if I'm talking crazy, Amy jumps in and gets me off the ledge. So <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm I have a bit of sanity going there. Either that or she fell asleep. Uh, Either one's possible. She was probably taking the dogs out. <laughs> I baking cookies and taking dogs out. Why you gotta bust me out like that? <laughs> 
I don't so, think he uh, is. I think he. I think he's kind of complimenting you. That's for life. And seeing yeah. the geese. Amy's treats. Plug. Major plug. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what? Here's the thing about baseball, right? I don't. I, I. 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 The one thing I really haven't looked at is like the TV ratings and how they're and how they're going as much. I. I've been sort of surprised that you know, kind of. How do I call it? Like uh, awakening out of the pandemic. I, you know, I don't want to say we're out of the pandemic, right? Because we're not. But in terms of games actually being played in, you know, arenas and on fields and, you know, even in even in high schools and locally and, you know, like from little kids up to professional athletes, like people are playing. Right. Uh, it's it's very controlled, but it, it's actually happening. So. The interesting thing to me has been how, like, basketball ratings have been complete shit. Um, hockey ratings have actually been okay. Uh, the NFL was was down and has been down. And there's a lot of pundits that are really trying to poke holes in it. And, you know, everybody's uh, everybody's got their, you know, everybody's a fucking expert on social justice and what it means to like the TV ratings and who's not watching because of what, I mean, come on, it's all bullshit. You don't know what, what people are doing or why they're, maybe they're, maybe they just want to get outside and they don't feel like watching something. Right. Or maybe they are protesting in their own way by not watching, but you don't really know. Right. The bottom line is just that less people happen to be watching it. But with baseball, I, I don't hear anybody talking about the ratings one way or another. But what I have seen is, you know, from doing Diamond Diehards, a podcast that I started in in uh, March, pretty much just as the as the pandemic was starting and, uh, you know, ahead of me getting COVID myself and being totally fine, by the way. And thanks for all the well wishes to anybody listening who who passed them along. I mean, I basically had very light symptoms for about 36 hours. And then I was like perfectly fine, but I stayed in my bedroom quarantine for two solid weeks, literally, except for the times I went out on the roof to get air. Uh, I started, <laughs> you know, I'd started the podcast before that anticipating like, okay, you know, there's going to be a delayed baseball season here. And there's a company called Stratomatic that does, um, you know, like replays, it's, it's, it's a, you know, probability game that I've played for, you know, a long time. It's really great. And, uh, they were doing this simulation of the season while it, while the season was not going to go on. So they were, they were simulating what was going to happen in the season and playing games like that were on the major league slate in simulation day by day. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start a podcast and, I'm just going to pretend those are like real games and I'm going to talk about it like they were real to get some listeners and just to kind of get the flow and figure out what I was going to do with it. But the bottom line is, you know, games eventually start up and, uh, you know, somebody forgot that there's a mute button. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> games eventually started up and I found myself watching a lot more baseball, a lot more intently than I had for years. And I've been loving it. There has been something that's been going on every night. You're finding something interesting every night. Uh, I got the baseball, the MLB package. So anytime I want to pop up a game on, on my computer or on, or on the Apple TV or whatever, you know, I see somebody's throwing a no hitter. I put it on. I start live tweeting it. It's, it's great. Um, and there's been, it's been very, very exciting. 
They just are starting the final week of 60-game abbreviated season this week. And uh, the American League is pretty much decided about the eight playoff teams that will be there. It's not certain who's going to play who. Uh, I know if Jay uh, and Curl, if you guys have a lot of listeners from the GTA, you know, the Blue Jays are, are in there. They're almost certain to get in. Uh, it's not completely a done deal. But, you know, they've played their whole season with home games in Buffalo. So, uh, you know, not that you would have been able to go to, to, to the Sky Dome or Rogers Center or whatever the fuck you call it now. It's the fucking Sky Dome, right? So you're not going to be able to go there anyway. But, um, you know, they'll play the first round of these playoffs starting next week in um, the home stadium of the higher seed. And after that, the remaining teams will go to, to two separate bubbles. The American League will go to uh, Southern California and play in Los Angeles and San Diego. And the National League will play in Arlington, Texas and Houston. Um, and what it's done, you know, in terms of like the podcast and me doing it has, has re- I mean, I'm a great baseball fan to begin with, meaning it's it's right up there for what I love. But this is really actually, you know, I think it's been a phenomenal year for it. Uh, the podcast has been doing pretty well. We go on, you know, we've started doing it on Facebook Live, something that now I'm like, wow, I should probably do this for uh, Rear Naked Joke Radio, too. Um, you know, that's that's engaged a lot of people. And, um, you know, I think the baseball has just been absolutely great. And I think the people that that have followed it have been greatly rewarded. And we'll see how it is in the playoffs. Unlike hockey and basketball, you're going to have the playoffs the exact time that you would have had them anyway. Whereas, you know, they're playing the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, the third, the second game in the Stanley Cup finals yesterday. And today would have been the day where teams were starting to play their preseason games for the 2021 season. Right. And basketball is going to be playing the NBA finals during the semifinals. Now they're going to be playing the finals during the time that, you know, training camps would just be finishing. So, you know, there'll be delays and and we won't have those winter sports for a couple of months before they start up again. But, you know, baseball is, you know, they're right on schedule now. uh, And and it's been very, very exciting. And, you know, I think it was a good decision for me to start it when I did, except for the fact that, like, I look at myself, I'm like, I should have started this like 10 years ago, you know, but (laughs) I didn't. So suck it. So. On that note, be sure to check Joe out and uh, your co-host names again. What are the names? Uh, Jeff the Dog Healy. Yeah, it's, and uh, he's one of my uh, college buddies. Jerry Milani comes on with us sometime. Of course, you know you know that name. Yeah, uh, Jay. Yeah, from, you know, he's, he's you know anytime I'm doing something involving a podcast, he's always behind it somehow or another. I, you know, he's he's like my igniter of of no good. he's always behind that um yeah but it's it's uh you know too bad you don't know anything about baseball otherwise i'd have you on (laughs) i'd come on and fake it i'll talk about otis nixon oh yeah we could do a whole thing on otis nixon we love him amy was a big otis nixon fan oh huge she still has posters up in her living room (laughs) so otis so here's your so I'm going to talk, I'm totally rubbing this in on you right now, Jay. Um, Cause I know you want to end the show right there and you had a perfect segue to do it, but now you left the door open. So I'm going to just <laughs> and talk about Otis Nixon. So Otis Nixon was this like skinny switch hitting, like good fielder, 
who couldn't throw and he was and he was really fast and all he could do is like sometimes he would walk or he could bunt for a hit and he was a fast base runner so he could he could steal now the guy was probably like 31 years old when when the Braves were were making their first run in the beginning of the 90s and I don't know he maybe he even played on the Blue Jays he played on like 100 teams but this guy was like 30 and he looked like he was like 59 he, he looked so old. You'd be like, how is this guy? So this guy's got to be like 60, right? Like you just, yeah. So for your people out there, if they've managed to not fall asleep through this, um, go after you're done checking out King, uh, King KOTD Grand Prix series, go just Google Otis Nixon, O-T-I-S Nixon, and, 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 like, and the word old after it, and then images, and you'll just see. You'll be like, oh, my God, wait. What this guy? How old was this guy when he was? Oh, shit. Yeah, but everybody will tell you. Like anybody who knows who Otis Nixon is, will well, was he on the Jays that won the the World Series too? No, God no. How you got that? Oh, he was against. He was on the Expos. Probably. Oh, he was an Expo too. Yeah. That's right. He was in everything. He was everywhere. He was probably on the Indians too. <laughs> thank yeah i think he was on the uh, you know and i could look him up but i know it's not a we're not you know i'll do maybe i'll do something on diehards with him with with uh jeff the dog healy there you go so if anyone wants to hear more of otis nixon and his old ass old, <laughs> old grandfather in the face looking ass fucking you can go here diamond diehards on itunes spotify everywhere you get your podcast from make sure you check out the building downtown uh Check it on YouTube, Spotify, same shit. Everywhere you get your podcasts from. For Amy, Joe, Krill, I'm Jay Kelly. We out. Peace. Peace. The building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Building downtown. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.